Welcome back, everybody, into Bill's Chat. I am Josh McCarty. With me tonight, as always, is Luca. And Luca, unlike most Sunday nights when we record this, releasing on Monday mornings, we don't have a game to review. We have a game to preview as our Buffalo Bills, the 5-4 and four Buffalo Bills, take the field Monday night against the Denver Broncos in Buffalo. We are going to talk all about that matchup, what's on the line for our Buffalo Bills how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good. It was it was a uh, a beautiful, relaxing day of Sunday football, Josh, and uh, it was nice. I, I will say this: I'm glad I didn't wake up for the early morning football uh, situation. I did have Liverpool playing in the morning, so I still had to be up at that hour. But I wasn't even paying attention to the NFL game. It was mm -hmm. just, it was almost like your normal. So my Saturdays are also watching early morning soccer where it's just kind of, it's there, you're spectating, you enjoy your breakfast. It's kind of a more social spectating. And that's what we did this Sunday morning while I was getting ready for my football Sunday. I didn't care too much about the football Sunday game. It wasn't chiefs uh, dolphins. Like we experienced last week. It was of course, Patriots uh, Colts. And I am very happy. I didn't decide to sit down and watch that full intently. So I'm nice and relaxed. Uh, I'm feeling good, and I'm excited to get a little bit of a spicy difference in this podcast episode where we get to do a little bit of a preview instead of the usual review like you just said. Yeah, we're going to get all into this Broncos-Bills matchup. We are going to save that, though, for a little bit into this show because I think, Luca, the story with these Bills right now is big picture, and a lot of that big picture has to do with how big is this game for the Bills, and I want to start talking about it more from that standpoint before we start diving into the actual matchups in this game. But it's funny. You mentioned that Patriots Colts game. I watched a little bit of that game today because I went to the gym, humble brag, and it was on there. But I will even tell you, Luca, last week when it was a chef's kiss, beautiful game, Dolphins Chiefs, I watched the first half and it was exhilarating. The Dolphins looked terrible. In the second half, the wife was like, hey, we have to run some errands. Can we do it now? Or do you want to, you want to wait till the, the noon game start? And I honestly was like, we can do it now. It's fine. And then I, I was watching the end of the chiefs dolphins game on my phone uh, when it all ended up um, coming down to the final. But I just, I think I have PTSD from how badly it went for the bills in their international game that I just, I have a hard time watching a game in the international setting. I know this one was in Germany Rich Eisen calling the game. It's like a crowd filled of a mixed bag of NFL fans, knowing that in that same setting, the Bills lost Matt Milano, lost Daquan Jones, lost a football game. I don't know. There's just something about that setting that right now, I don't have the appetite to even watch one of those games. It probably makes me a sore loser, but that's just where my head's at. Is that weird? Uh, no. I think that's, I, I feel like it's, it's just a scar, right? Mm -hmm. You look at a scar and you realize what it's from. Uh, whether it was good or bad, um, it's just it uh, floods of memories kind of hit you when you are experiencing something similar based off a visual cue or whatever you want to call it. So, no, I don't think that's weird at all. I mean, I understand it. I just don't my, myself. I will say this, that kind of situation doesn't happen with me. I just don't find it worth my time, especially in that morning, um, mainly due to multiple reasons. But I, I just don't value morning football like that where it's like hey i gotta get my house ready for everyone coming over other stuff like that the more important important matchups are going on and i'll catch the end of it when i'm getting my last second bets in evaluating a couple things all of that stuff i just don't 
think that morning football experience does. I will say this. I think it's lost its novelty as well. I agree. Um, I agree. It, it's just not a thing that I care for anymore. It was exciting when we had one of them, maybe two of them. And then all of a sudden, now that it's become a series and things of that nature, it's just, it's not the same. It's not fun. It, it's, you know, if you listen to other podcasts out there, of course, there's a very popular one, one of the biggest ones out there, especially sports wise, PMT, uh, big cat out there said, you know, it's kind of like the winter classic where it's, it's essentially, Hey, the winter classic was really cool for the NHL when they first did it. But then all of a sudden you have stadium games all the time. Now, like four or five of them happen a season. And it's like, do we need to be doing this anymore? Like what? Like it's, there is one reason and one reason only all of these things happen, of course, money. But overall, for the spectator at home, the thing that the sports are there for the most, I feel like it gets lost a little bit. And it's like, yeah, I don't need to sit down and watch these ever, whether it's for your reason, scarred from you know trauma past or just it's not worth it to kind of soak my time up to consume that product that you're trying to give me in the morning rather than, you know, the normal hours and windows that you do when it's, you know, the one o'clock or noon, like you said, four o'clocks and then the Sunday night and stuff like that. I just, I'm not with that anymore. So no, I won't fault you for that. If you're scarred a little bit, if anyone else is out there like you, where it's like, Hey, I don't want to sit here and watch a London or Germany game uh, at nine 30 in the morning because of what had happened the last time you did try to sit down and really consume that. I, I don't fault you at all. It's a scar that kind of just will bring memories back that you don't, you aren't very fond of, you know, and I, I wasn't anticipating the conversation going this way, but I, I I'm happy with it because I want to pick your brain on this for a second before we get into the bills. One thing that's very real. And, and you mentioned the fact that the novelty is worn off. The other thing that's real about it is they have spread the NFL schedule thin. Now we have Thursday night games, and then you have a game that's that moves to 930, and you already had four teams on by this week, plus your Sunday and Monday night games. I know you're like me, where like you love watching the Bills, obviously, but you have your whole NFL setup, and that 1 o'clock block of NFL football is like the golden block. You're used to having nine or 10 games going on at once. And it's like, you if you really don't know what you're doing. If you ever watch a commercial during that block today, there were only six games on at one o'clock and it, it really felt empty between, you know, the, 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 um, the game overseas and then the four teams on by, and it wasn't like it was a great slate of games today either. So that's another thing where it's like, I don't know. I I'm a little bit old school in that regard where it's like, I love, I love having football on Thursdays. It's cool because it gives you something to look forward to. But I also grew up where that one o'clock block for Sunday ticket was like your pride and joy. And if the bills weren't playing, it was like a gift from the gods because it was like, I can legitimately watch the entire league right now. And it's just not the case anymore. It's not coming back anytime soon. In fact, I think there's going to be more staggered games as we move into the future. But uh, Luca, speaking of the future, the Bills' future is a game against the Denver Broncos tonight. The Bills are 5-4 and four off of a disappointing loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. It ended up being a one-score game, but it felt much less close than that. Um, and I think the biggest concern right now is what you and I talked about right as soon as our postgame show started last week is, are we starting to see what this team is? Are, are they a team that for lack of a better term is mid or is mediocre or is average. And maybe they aren't that Super Bowl contender, or are we seeing a team that quite frankly, just has to weather the storm of very unfortunate injuries, cluster injuries, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. There's a couple more starters out this week that we will get into. 
Um, where do you fall right now on the Bills? Because we had a conversation off air about whether you see the Bills fighting for the wild card of the division right now. Um, where are you at with this Bills team now that time has been able to, you've had some time to process what we saw against Cincinnati. You've had a time to mental reset. There's a new game on the horizon. Uh, where are you at with these Bills? I'm, I, I don't think I'm as low as others that I know out there, including yourself a little mm-hmm. bit when it comes to the Bills. I will say this. I'm definitely sharing thoughts with this Bills team is showing us what they are, and it's not what we believe them to be preseason early on in the season and everything like that they are way too inconsistent overall and in my eyes your eyes it seems like as well potentially stuff like that where I just don't know if they're truly that powerhouse that we wanted to believe they still were Um, but I will say this I think that there are still things in front of them where I are they the betting favorite for the division right now no should they be probably not but I I don't think the division is out of question. I, I don't think the division isn't even out of the realm of possible. It, it's it's definitely obtainable. It is there. I, I, I'm i not kind of all in this world where, hey, the wild card is all that matters at this point. Just make the dance and then we'll figure it out from there. I think there are still multiple paths for this team to realistically make the playoffs and then do what they can try to do in that postseason run that they hopefully can make. But overall, I think that this team, the reaction that we had on Sunday night is it, it was fair. I feel like I, I I don't think it was, you know, outlandish by any stretch of the imagination. It just takes time and reflection periods to sit back, just reevaluate things, look at the big picture and stuff like that kind of leading into this discussion we're having here where it's like this team is still decent. They're efficient on offense. There are things you would like to have better, of course. But realistically, you said that that game felt like it was larger than a one score game. But at the same time, if you really want to try to be optimistic about it as well, it's like, hey, if that Kincaid fumble doesn't happen, the the landscape of that game could have totally changed. And we wouldn't even remotely be having this conversation right now, especially if then the events transpired as they did this week with the Bengals. If the Bills would have won that game and then the Bengals lost to the Texans. They would be in dire straits. They would be in this situation, Josh, not us. We would be probably feeling, okay, we got around the Bengals. That's a nice one to have. Now let's just win this game that should be winnable for this team on Monday night against the Broncos. And we're in business at that point in time, sitting at seven and three. Like if we could be winning this Broncos game and sitting at seven and three, I think everyone out there would be very okay with that situation going into a Jets week the following week with a 425 home kickoff. Very odd. Um, so it's just one of those things where I think this bills team is still okay. I think wild card is an understandable thought process on what people think is obtainable for this team, but I don't think the division is out of reach. I I think it's absolutely there. I kind of told you off air. It's like, Hey, you win this game, you go into the jets game and you hopefully can win that game. That puts you two and two in the division that puts you at seven and four or sorry. Am I doing? Yeah. Seven and four after, if you win that. And then on top of that, your last two divisional games are another one with Miami on the last week of the season. And then a Patriots game, hopefully that is at home. You should be able to take care of business there. If you win that Patriots game, you beat the Dolphins week 18. That is four and two in the division, matching the Dolphins with the tiebreaker. And hopefully you have done things like beating the Chargers along the way and stuff to better improve your conference record, where a lot of those different tiebreakers that aren't working in their favor right now do kind of reverse course and figure it out. Like it's, you know, you just got to find steady water with this team. I think right now it feels like we're kind of neck down 
in the, you know, it's not feeling great in the water. If you can steady the ship and feel right about yourself and just look at the bigger picture, I don't think we're in dire straits like it felt like after that Sunday night game. I think there are still plenty of opportunities out there to make the postseason both through the wild card and the division, and they just need to kind of right course. They just need to show us a little bit of consistency, and I think that is possible for this team. It's just they have a little bit of adversity as well, not nearly as much as they experienced last year, but they have a little bit now with their defense, of course, with injuries piling up their offense. It just seems like you're not getting your secondary and third targets things. You're not getting your explosive plays as nearly as much as you would like stuff of that nature where that stuff can still easily happen with this offense. Those things can still absolutely come. It's not like, hey, we're here at week 10 and it's impossible. There's nothing that could possibly happen with this offense anymore. It's done. It's dusted. It's like, no, you still have Josh Allen. You still have things. Things can be done. Injuries are not holding these things back. Things that literally cannot help. It's it's just some form of consistency, seeing the field right, steadying the ship, stuff of that nature. So overall, no, I, I, I don't think this is a point of the season where, hey, just try to squeeze your way into the dance through a wild card, through a six or seven seed. I, I think there's still plenty of paths for this team overall where the overreaction or the reaction was just Sunday night, but sitting here now a week later recording this as we preview and go into the Broncos game, Josh, I will say this. I think we're okay. We just need to see a good effort against a bad team coming up where you actually just take care of business Something like the Cowboys do. The Cowboys aren't a great team, but they absolutely put their throat on inferior teams. That's the what they do. Yeah, they, and the Dolphins. It's like, if you are at least going to be a noteworthy team, you need to take care of the crap teams like the Giants. Sorry. Like <laughs> the Broncos, the Dolphins putting a 70-piece up on them. Like you just get the job done it almost emphatically at times and just show that you are at least still one of those teams that should be in the mix and take care of business when you are supposed to. So I think what's interesting about the AFC and maybe the entire NFL this year, but I, I'm going to go AFC because I think there's, there's some teams in the NFC or the NFC that would disprove this. I think when you look around the AFC, I don't think there is like a super powerhouse. I think there's a bunch of flawed teams. Now, the Bills are certainly a flawed team, and they might have more flaws than a lot of the teams we're going to talk about. But when you talk about the AFC, two days ago, if I were to tell you to power rank the teams in the AFC, you probably would have said some variation of Ravens, Bengals, Chiefs, Jaguars. Those were the four division leaders. Well, the Jaguars got thrashed at home today by the, the Niners. Um, the Bengals lost at home today to the Texans playing without their, their top wide receiver, Nico Collins, and their top running back, Pierce, although some would say Singletary is the best running back on that team. That's neither here nor there. And um, what other team? Oh, the Ravens lost at home to the Browns in a game they had firm control of early on before Lamar Jackson had a couple of really bad turnovers. And then you have the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, the last time we saw them on the field, they had a bye this week. They beat the Dolphins, but they got out to a big lead early and that game ended up being close in large part because the chiefs right now outside of Travis Kelsey lack any kind of reliable playmaker that catches the football. And they have taken a lot of stabs there. They've, they've traded a third round pick for Kadarius Tony. They've, they've spent a second round pick on sky Moore. They spent a second round pick on rice. So they spent a first round pick on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like 
people always want to talk about Brandon Bean's draft history. Look at the Chiefs. Um, they've drafted well, but offensive playmakers has not been part of that conversation. Um, so my point is, it's it's not that I want to concede the division. I, I'm certainly not there. I mean, the Bills control their own destiny. They win out, they're going to win the division because they have a tiebreaker over Miami. But if I don't necessarily, I don't think the Bills are alive for the one seat. So that's right where, I, that's my starting point. I don't think they're alive for the one seat. So I'm going to kick it back to you with this. Do you see a great value in winning the division? And I don't mean like, hey, would you rather win the division versus the wild card? Because certainly you'd rather have the one home game. There, There is some pride in winning the division, certainly. But in an AFC that we just went through that it feels like really is any team's game, I really do feel like this year, more than any other year, it does feel like just get in and see what happens because all these teams are kind of a roller coaster ride. Um, if the Bills are, say, the fourth seed and the first round of the playoffs, they're hosting Joe Burrow and the fifth seed Bengals. Or if the Bills are the sixth seed and they're going to Jacksonville, I don't know. I don't. I'd kind of rather go to Jacksonville. <laughs> that's, that's just me. But I mean, I, I don't want to get matchup specific. I just don't, I don't necessarily think that taking the wild card path has to be a bad thing because I think this is one of those years where it's just get in and see what happens. But where are you at with it? Are you much more interested in winning the division than I am? I'd rather win the division, but it's not like I'm going to lose sleep at night if the Bills become a wild card team. I will say I do share half a brain with what you're trying to get at here. Um, it's not matchup specific at all. This is a much more general conversation, of course. But what I will say is this is a year. This is absolutely a year where it does feel like if you're the talk of the town for that week, and, and this has been said in numerous, I've, this is not me coming up with this idea. I've heard this from places just, and it makes a lot of sense and it continues to grow legs when it comes to what this theory and what the kind of year it feels like it is. If you become the talk of the town, you will lay a stinker that week. If you are the Bengals this week, which became, is this the best team in the AFC? Is Joe Burrow the best conference or best quarterback in the conference, if not the league? All of this stuff. And look, they played an okay game. They were without T. Higgins themselves, things like that nature. But overall, they played an okay game, but they got beat by rookie C.J. Stroud and rookie head coach D'Amico Ryans missing some of their pieces as well in their own home. It's like that's a game you shouldn't lose if you're the Bengals. Uh, earlier in the season, the Dolphins put up a 70 piece against the Broncos, of which we are playing, and then got absolutely manhandled by these Buffalo Bills. The Bills became a talk of the town and then kind of laid a bit of a stinker and have turned it into a schneid of a run against the Jags. Like it's just one of those years where, yes, you have to be in the mix to hopefully get hot and win it. I will say this though for this unit, which seems to be one of the more emotional teams it feels like in the league you would like emotions to be a little bit on the high going into the postseason and i think getting to the point where they are this year josh to then turn things around right the ship enough and eventually win the division i don't think it's about hosting a playoff game i don't think it's about hosting whoever you do in that first round whatever it is i don't think it's about seeding i think it's just literally instilling a confidence of hey even when things got down really bad when things looked bad, we were still able to turn stuff around, figure it the F out, and win our division when it seemed like we absolutely shouldn't have been able to win our division. 
And that to me is valuable. And that to me, that emotion you can have from succeeding on coming back and winning your division by the end of the season, and then turning that into hopefully a playoff run as you are still in that mix. I am with that more so than anything else when it comes to this conversation. I believe that that can do wonders for the confidence in Josh Allen, in Stefan Diggs in this offense, in that defense that is definitely depleted. And on top of all of it, you just feel better, especially going into that playoff game. Yes, it wouldn't be the greatest thing in the world to play the Bengals. Spoiler alert right now, though, the Bengals are not making the playoffs at this point in time, Josh. Somehow the Steelers have even a better record than them. Mind-blowing. The Steelers are a reason why you want to win your division. (laughs) Because if they show up to your place week round one, Thank still, you. still have been outgained by every team this God. season. It's unbelievable. 399 yards allowed against the Packers, and they won that game. Mind blowing. Um, regardless, back to this conversation. I, I think getting in, yes, you just want to get in and see what happens. It's kind of the hockey mentality mentality, Josh. It's like hockey has the most randomness to it in the playoffs. It's what makes it so special, too. Of course, those series get very uh emotional and amazing. Um, but it's just get in the dance and see what happens. You have your Florida Panthers as the last team going in, going all the way to the Stanley Cup final, but then losing in the end. But still, they had that magical run. You just got to get into the dance. I do feel like this year, more so than previous years in the NFL, it does feel that way in the AFC. It absolutely does. I think the NFC kind of has the big boys when it comes to the Eagles, the Lions, the Niners. Those are your big three, and then it Mm -hmm. feels like everyone else is kind of underneath them. Um, a little bit at this point in time. The Lions are for real, by the way. Um, mm. It is wild. Um, but the AFC is just get in the dance, but I still want to see this team win the division because I think that can do amazing things for their emotional kind of understanding of what they're capable of, get their confidence back up, and be able to do things. That's what's more valuable than anything they would get when it comes to the actual playoff matchup, seeding, all of that garbage. I will say, if it comes down to it and stuff like that, I will possibly, you know, if we start getting a matchup talk in week 16, if we're still in this conversation and things haven't gone really south, Josh, um, and you are looking at like, hey, if we're the six, seven seed, you're either going to Jacksonville or or Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. I can't believe I just said that. Um, something like that. Or if you win your division in the four seed, then you host the Bengals or or say you host uh, the Ravens whatever it might be. It's like, well, now maybe we have a different conversation at that point. But overall, I still think coaches, NFL players, everyone, you, there's a reason they always say win the division, win the conference, win the league. It's step by step. You do those things. It boosts your confidence. It sets goals that you then obtain and you know you're capable of going further. So I, I entertain in long winded way here that idea of what you're saying, but overall, I still think there is value in winning the division. And I think that's still something that this team should absolutely look to strive for because there's things beyond just matchups and hosting a playoff game with this unit that I think they can get from winning the division. Well, whether it's winning the division or the wild card, you know, we've seen this time and time again, it the really in the NFL, it's about a couple of things. One, it's getting into the playoffs. You can't win a tournament if you don't get invited, but you want to be firing on all cylinders when you get there. Last year, the Bills certainly were not in 2021. The Bills were as firing on all cylinders as you could possibly be. Um, you want to be as healthy as possible. And holy cow, does that look very unrealistic for these 2023 Buffalo Bills. But Luca, I put out a tweet from our podcast account um, this week about what's the best case scenario for these Bills. Obviously, that would 
mean that they make the playoffs. And here's what I came up with. And I want you, I'm going to read, I'm going to go through what I came up with. You tell me what you think is realistic from this list and which one is pie in the sky. I did not include, by the way, Daquan Jones and Matt Milano coming back because I, I feel like that's just kind of a bridge too far. If we get either one of those guys back, great. But it's hard for me to envision that those guys come back and are the impactful players that they were prior to their injury. So I want to leave that conversation to the side. So the first thing I have on my list, we can kind of go through these quickly, is Rasul Douglas assimilates to the system and ends up being an upgrade at cornerback one for these Buffalo Bills. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to go through a list there. My bad. Um, how realistic is that? I think that's fairly realistic. I, I think I, that's genuinely yeah. that is realistic. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So I think so too. I think there is a really decent chance that Rasul Douglas by season's end has a shot to be the best cornerback the Bills had on their roster all year long. That includes Jadavius White. That sounds very insensitive. It probably is. Um, but I think that the combination of Rasul Douglas and a healthy Christian Benford, which we are not going to get this week, is the best combination that the Bills could put out in 2023. Are we there yet? No. Rasul Douglas is in his second game as a Buffalo Bill, and Christian Benford is going to miss the game this week with a hamstring injury. But we are we could be there. Number two, all guys who are not currently on injured reserve stay healthy and play in January. Now, I'm not asking you to look into your crystal ball. And certainly, like, the Bills could lose a player like Saran Neal. No offense to Saran Neal. He's not a needle mover if he were to get hurt. But what, what I really mean by that is, can the Bills go the rest of the season without having another significant injury? And we know what that means. That is that is the Daquan Jones, the Matt Milano. That, that would be like a Deion Dawkins or a Mitch Morse. You know, Dawson Knox is out right now. And, you know, if he comes... But I think we've kind of seen that may not be as significant as we thought. Can the Bills make it through the rest of the season, Luca, without having another significant injury, a role player. Fine. A backup. Fine. I'm talking like a real needle mover going down. Um, if the question is, can they, I mean, yeah, absolutely. They can, they, uh, go through the season without moving another or without losing another move, ah, needle mover to injury. Sorry. Wow. Just absolutely muddled the crap out of that. Um, Will it happen? I mean, I have no idea. But overall, as long as they don't do that, can they steady this ship off of it, I guess, is what I'll bounce off that question. I don't know if that's really what you meant off of that. But, yeah, I, I think they can steady the ship. I think they can mend the holes that they seem to have, whether it's the offensive holes or the defensive holes, with the personnel that they have as long as they don't lose anyone else long term. Yeah, I think that is absolutely within the within the realm of reason, for sure. All right, number three, Linval Joseph plays well enough that he reduces the impact of losing Daquan Jones. Notices, I did not say replaces the impact of losing Daquan Jones, but he at least reduces it or minimizes it to the point where every single game we aren't sitting there saying, if we only had Daquan Jones, we wouldn't have given up 200 yards rushing. Can Linval Joseph play to that level for these Buffalo Bills where we aren't spending every single waking moment of defense wishing we had Daquan Jones. Yeah, Linval Joseph showed in pops already against the Bengals that he can be serviceable. And he's a big body and can fill that one T and he can do the job at a serviceable level. And that is something that I think this team outside of Daquan Jones hasn't even had. So 
is that basically an improvement to the one technique that this team needs with Daquan being out? Yes. All right. The last one. Von Miller becomes an effective player for this defense. No, I don't. I did not say becomes the best player on this defense again. I don't even know if he'll be the best pass rusher on this defense. But right now, I think Von Miller is, for lack of a better term, kind of like AJ Epinesa in Von Miller's uniform. Like he's just out there. You notice him from time to time, but you don't really notice like a huge impact. And is there a chance, Luca, or how realistic is it that? It is November 12th when we're recording this. By the time January rolls around, that Von Miller is at least in the next tier where he is making plays here and there and can be an impactful football player at times. I think that's extremely realistic because I think we already kind of see glimpses of it right now. I think right now Von Miller is getting to a point that we saw in the Tampa game at least once or twice. And then in my eyes, at least. And then in the Cincinnati game, I think I noticed it once or twice where the first game in London, and and I'm trying to think there was a Tampa. I'm trying to think the schedule through my head here. The the games that followed London, it seemed like he was kind of treading lightly, kind of tiptoeing through the motions a little bit. And then when I watched the Tampa game, it was the first time that you even saw him even test his limits a little bit, where you saw him actually try to see if he can bend a little bit more, where you saw him really try to create angles to create leverage in space in the pass rush. He almost got the one hog tie on Baker Mayfield um, that he didn't end up getting, but it was kind of like a glimpse here and there. And then you saw it again in Cincinnati. And I think he's approaching that ceiling of the tier he's currently in where it's like, if he can start getting a little bit more comfortable with where his knees at, if it can continue to, you know, heal and recover through time and just, you know, rest essentially week by week. I do believe it's extremely realistic that come January, as long as we're still playing meaningful games, as long as we get to the point that we hope that this team can get to when it comes to the postseason, it is extremely realistic that he can get to that next tier where he is a quality individual within the pass rush rotation. I think that is a realistic expectation for Von Miller. I think if you can get a quality pass rusher in the rotation with him, Rousseau, Epinesa, so on and so forth, uh, Leonard Floyd, I I think that is very, very possible. And I think that's somewhere where he's already getting to potentially soon, sooner rather than later. So, yeah, I I think that's even I think that might even be the most realistic point of the four you've brought up so far. Von Miller's getting a sack tonight, by the way. I'm just I, I think his I think his playing time is going up. We saw that last week against the Bengals. He had 34 percent of the snaps. He is still fourth on about at edge. You're seeing Greg Rousseau trend down a little bit right now uh, with the injury he's nursing. AJ Epinesa and Leonard Floyd are the top two. Um, I think Von Miller's snaps are going to continue to increase. He's going against his former team, the Broncos, the team that he is probably most um, noted for playing for in the NFL. I think uh, Von Miller is going to get Russell Wilson to the ground at least once tomorrow night, and I think it'll be a pretty cool moment tonight if you're listening to this on monday all right lucas let's let's reset that real quick so all these things are realistic if the bills make it to the playoffs and their cornerback pairing is rasul douglas and christian benford and rasul douglas is the best cornerback on the 2023 buffalo bills if they don't lose any key players which means in the playoffs they have teron johnson they have micah hyde and jordan poyer they have Terrell Bernard, they have Ed Oliver, Linval Joseph, Greg Rousseau. They have Von Miller, who you said it's realistic that he could be an impactful player. They have Leonard Floyd. I think this defense has a chance, as bad as it has looked in recent weeks. I know the scores haven't been bad, 
but the the efficiency of the opposing offenses have shown this defense is having a hard time stopping people. I think if the Bills can get into the playoffs with that, this defense has a chance to be average to above average. And that, in my mind, is all they need to be for this team to have a realistic shot to win it all. So that's where I'm at. I, the, the offense has to be great. We know that. Has the offense been great in recent weeks? I don't think so. I think there is some overcompensating going on for a defense. Um, the head coach, I think, is trying to lean on his offense to, to minimize possessions for his defense. The offense is healthy. They're missing their tight end, but right now it looks like the backup tight end is better than the starting tight end anyway. And I think if the Bills make the playoffs and their defense is average to above average and their offense is firing on all cylinders, they are going to be a tough, tough, tough out. Luca, how big is this game tonight against the Broncos? Are you at a point where if the Bills were to drop this game um, that you would be thinking, okay, it's just not going to happen this year? Oh, I think in the context of the season, without me understanding who the opponent is, no. But then you introduce the opponent, and you introduce where the we are actually at emotionally in the season and where things stand. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is a very important game, and if you somehow – lay an egg in this game if you somehow can't figure out a way to get a result um yeah i'm gonna have bigger questions and bigger thoughts and kind of i really will flip a switch really quick on where i'm sitting right now currently as we record this that the balance of this season it's it's such a weird thing because one loss shouldn't do that especially on week 10 when you would then just go down to 500 like this team has yet since week one to be below, well, I guess technically week two to be below. Well, no, week one to be below 500 this season. They they haven't been below 500. It's it's a crazy thing because it really feels emotionally. Some people feel this team is like three games below 500, Josh. But overall, they're not there. But you can't lose this game. Like you you can't lay an egg to the Broncos, the worst rated defense in the league, a bottom half rated offense in the league like this going into the earlier conversation that we had the point that I brought up this is a game where teams that just have it and the teams that mean something in this league take care of business put the foot on the throat in a way and just make sure that the loss is never ever even coming close to happening and the win is never in doubt like you just take care of business and I do believe that this game being on Monday night actually might aid the bills i think this is a game where if it was just like quote unquote any other tucked away in a one o'clock slate josh i don't think it would hell as is it wouldn't be as important in the mind of the players and that's not where you want this team to be you want them to feel like this game is important so the fact that it's on monday night i think just enhances their kind of thoughts on the game and kind of the importance of it. And I'm sure as you've mentioned with Von Miller facing his old team, although in the public, he said it should be fun and blah, 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 and all this stuff. I'm sure he's kind of emphasizing. It's like, Hey guys, where we're at in this season, we can't lose this effing game against this team. We definitely can't lose this effing game. I must ball. We must ball. We must win. Like that's gotta be the message that Von Miller's kind of putting out there this week throughout the locker room. And I believe that they, you know, you have to take care of this game. So in that context, yes, it's a must win. 
in the context of the season, I still don't view this as an absolute dire straits must win. But overall, you want to kind of make sure you don't get lost in the shuffle of the chaos that is the AFC. So I do tip the scale based on the Bills season where it currently is in recent results, based on the opponent they're playing, and based on what we're seeing around the AFC, Josh. Yes, this is kind of more one of those. You need to make sure you win this game. Yeah, if you're going to rank the, the Bills' remaining schedule the rest of the way, this would be the easiest game left. You might say, whoa, 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 what about the Patriots? Patriots have already beaten the Bills. What about the Jets coming to Buffalo? The Jets have already beaten the Bills. Chargers is a road game. So you start shaping it up that way. And um, I, I think this is a game they have to find a way to win. And I'll tell you, Luca, you've mentioned this several times about how you want to see, you know, you've seen the good teams just really step on the throat of a team like this. Um, this, to me, this game, this spot has a lot of smash spot elements to it. One thing that would work against that is the Broncos are coming off of their bye, and the Bills are quote unquote on short rest because they did play in the Sunday night time slot on the road against Cincinnati for whatever that's worth. But other than that, you have a team in the Bills that are off of a downer week. Um, they're clearly motivated. They had a players only meeting this week. They're coming back home under the lights on Monday night. And I think there's a lot of elements right now that could play in the favor of the bills coming out and smashing. But I also think there is some uneasiness among the fans where if the bills do get off to a slow start, you might start hearing some of those boo birds that we heard in the giants game. Luca, how important is it to you that the bills win this week with style points? Um, I would you right now take, if I were to offer you right now, Hey, Behind door number one is the actual result of this game. Whatever happens, happens. Behind door number two is the game against the Giants, only this time it's against the Broncos. The Broncos are down on the Bills' one-yard line with a chance to win at the very end of the game. The Bills have mastered have mustered two touchdowns throughout the entire game offensively, and the Broncos' pass goes incomplete, and the Bills hang on by the skin of their teeth. Would you take that, or would you go behind door number one and let me see what these Bills are made of? Oh, no, no, no. We, I want to see some style points. I mean, okay. peek beyond the curtain. I'll be at this game tomorrow. So I want to be entertained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Selfishly. But going back to just, hey, we're in the podcast seat here. I do still want to see style points. I want to see a team. I don't need to see 70 points, of course. Like that is historically incredible. What the Dolphins did earlier this season was mind blowing. It does also happen or help that they have essentially an entire track meet set up and offense to make something like that happen. The Bills don't have quite that much speed, of course. But I want to see a comfortable win. That would be kind of the way I'll middle ground it here and a comfortable win to me is one that does it necessarily need to finish as a two score win no but is it only a one score win because the broncos kicked a field goal you know to cut it to seven with 12 seconds left for an onside and a and a prayer yeah that's still a comfortable win you know like if if we can at least have a situation where the result really doesn't ever feel in doubt outside of let's say potentially the first drive kind of like the Raiders game Josh I mm -hmm. think that's where, what comes to mind like I don't think that was a crazy crazy throat you know foot on throat situation it kind of was but it was still a very very comfortable win outside of that first drive where maybe it felt like oh things might not be going great I I do believe that could be kind of the game I would like to see them do I would like to see them come back out because on top of it all 
what did that Raiders game, funny enough, do for this team? It propelled them to much better games later on following those two where we were talking about historical numbers for that team and that defense, sadly enough now, but for that, for that team overall with the production they had put together in that three-game stretch and point differential and all of this stuff. So I think that kind of game and that kind of win is what this team needs at this point in time, and I would like to see them do it. I don't want to see kind of a – I'm going to put this out there. This was just said in my living room during Football Sunday. Uh, a friend was like, I'm not going to this game right now to see an 18 nothing win. That sounds miserable to me because someone needs Tyler Bass and Fantasy Josh to explode. So – and we do yards for points. So, you know, a 52 okay. yarder is 5.2 points. So he's like, I would love to see an 18 nothing result. It's like, no, I definitely would not like to see that. That doesn't feel good to me at all as a fan or anything. But um, I would like to just see a good, comfortable win. Don't get by the skin of your teeth. I would be worried coming off. Uh, hey, we won with a walk off field goal against the Broncos at home on Monday night. That would not make me feel good at all going into the next week against a Jets team who can't even move the ball, it seems like, on a Raiders defense that the Bills did put up on, I would still be nervous about it because you weren't able to get by the worst defense in the league that is the Broncos. I'm with you. I need style points. Just I think for my own psyche, I'd love to see the Bills just smash this team into the ground. And it's hard to smash a team into the ground without both sides of the ball playing well and quite, quite, quite frankly, easy for me to see. We haven't seen the Bills really have both sides of the ball in unison in quite some time. And that would be nice to see. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if the Bills win this game 16 to nothing or 14 to 12 or whatever, whatever non-style point score you want, I will be the person sitting in this chair saying, hey, it's it's October 13th or November 13th. Um, at this point in time, it's just collect wins, move on, and hope that you're hot when the playoffs get here. And quite honestly, um, maybe we are being greedy because the bills are without the three starters that aren't coming back Tredavious white, Matt Milano and Daquan Jones. They are without right now, Micah Hyde and Christian Benford, potentially Terrell Bernard. So this is a team that also has Jordan Boyer and Greg Rousseau out there. Not a hundred percent. So maybe there is something to be said for just get through, just survive, survive in advance. These are two games that the Jets and the Broncos that these bills have to get to the win column, in my opinion, and um, just just find a way to win without getting anybody else hurt. Which side of the ball are you more worried about right now, Luca, the offense or the defense? Um, well, that's a great question. It's funny. Like we just so people understand, we don't have our usual script uh, that we do tonight. So I'm not exactly sure where Josh is going to go with the conversation. It makes this interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you mine if you want to think about it. No, no, I, I, I'm going to say I am worried about the defense. Mm -hmm. um, that's just kind of where I'm at because I just things I think simple. It's a weird thing to about to say because. I do think there's blame that is deserved on Dorsey for basically being a vanilla soft serve ice cream cone of an offensive coordinator and just not doing anything special for you whatsoever. It's just substance of a treat that you want because the treat is Josh Allen and the substance you need is him moving the ball and you do nothing greater for you. But I think execution, as we've heard them say, is definitely something that can be better. And I believe that they should be able to make that better. I believe in the talent and it's all there. There's no injuries. There's nothing else really holding that back 
it feels like it's just, Hey, just do your job a little bit better. You're doing it at 85%. Let's do it at a hundred percent and really see what can happen here. Um, I, I think that can be corrected. Whereas the defense, there were a hole or question mark or two going into the season. And I think it actually looked really good with Bernard really filling in that mic position, all of that stuff. And now all of a sudden you have other injuries that are exposing greater holes that you just don't have enough band-aids, enough gauze and tape and everything. Like there's only so much you can do with all of the different issues going on on the defense that McDermott, the problem is it's drawing more attention from McDermott away from just managing games that he's not really good at anyways. And it just makes it even worse and come compiles onto things and makes the overall product that McDermott puts there within his coaching even worse because he has to focus so much on that defensive side of the ball and just trying to be a DC and putting that DC hat on where it's just, I don't see a path where it can really fully be corrected. It's going to be week by week band-aids and I will say this in my line of work, Josh, if you ever hear anything that a system or a rack or whatever it is was put together with Band-Aid work, that is basically saying it's crap. It was put together with crap and it's it's being held together by, oh, crap. It's not good. It's not quality. It gets you by day to day. It will have problems that arise eventually. It's not if but when. It's just that's kind of where the defense is. So I am more concerned about that because I just don't see the overall kind of how things can get corrected over on that side. I'm with you. I think it's the defense and I don't even know how how close it is. And I, I think you hit on a lot of key points there the, with the offense. The issues are frustrating because the talent is there to dominate. This offense is fully formed absent Dawson Knox. All five offensive linemen are still healthy. Josh Allen is active. Is he healthy? I think he is. He's on the injury report, but he's he's healthy. He's, he's playing. Uh, Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis are out there. Dalton Kincaid looks to be an upgrade. James Cook and Latavius Murray are out there. This is the offense. And I, I think every time they don't go out there and score 30 points, we're mad, but it's mad because we have these realistic expectations for them. I think the defense having so many injuries right now is affecting the offense. I think it's affecting the way that Sean McDermott is managing the game. I think it's affecting the way Ken Dorsey's calling the game. I think it's making the Bills play offense in a way that they're trying to hide their defense instead of allowing the offense to play free and trust their defense. And that's where I get back to the point of if this team can just tread water and make the playoffs and get some guys back, get Terrell Bernard back, get Micah Hyde back, get Christian Benford healthy, get Rasul Douglas and Linval Joseph ramped up. I think this defense has a real shot to be good enough that they can take the reins off of this offense and allow it to play free. They're going to have to do that for this season to get where it needs to get to. And I don't want to make excuses for the offense and say it's all because of how disappointing the defense has been. Um, but I do think that there, there is some real validity to that. Let's get into this matchup, Luca. I've mentioned it a couple times. Unfortunately, there's more injuries this week for the Bills. Um, Micah Hyde is out with a neck injury. It does not sound like, at least according to Coach McDermott, that this is something that has the risk, potential risk of ending his season at this point. Um, but he is out this week. Christian Benford is going to miss this game with a hamstring injury. And um, Terrell Bernard left last week's game with a concussion. He practiced all week on a limited basis. Um, my guess at this point is he's probably going to miss. I'm trying to remember the last player on the Bills 
that this happened to, and I can't remember who it was that had a concussion. They were limited all week, but they still ended up missing the game. And it happened this season. And my brain is fuzzy right now. Was it Poyer maybe? Um, but anyway, um, that's where I think that he's probably going to miss. And the bills are going to be looking Kincaid. Kincaid Kincaid. Yes. Um, so Kincaid missed the Jacksonville game. Yes. And, um, okay. So he was, so that would be my guess and we'll see, but this matchup specifically, Luca, knowing that the bills are going to be down one starting safety, uh, down a couple of cornerbacks, Kyrie Elam's out, Tredavious White's out. We know that Christian Benford's out, um, but they have Rasul Douglas. Um, they could be looking at a situation where AJ Klein and Tyrell Dodson are starting the game at linebacker. I would assume that means Jordan Poyer comes down and still plays dimebacker. And then you'll see maybe Cam Lewis or even DeMar Hamlin go back there at safety with Jordan, with um, uh, Taylor Rapp in dime situations. Can this Broncos offense put enough stress on this Bills defense to make them feel the impact of losing these players? No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, uh, there's no long-winded way. I No. I, I think... I like Jerry Judy as a player. I like Cortland Sutton as a player. I think uh, Marvin Mims is the most mismanaged player in the league. He needs to play more and more and more. Um, I think Garrett Bowles has actually been okay on the left tackle position for uh, the uh, Broncos where maybe they could hold up the one thing that really doesn't have major injury issues for the Bills defense and they could do okay. But McGlinchey has been awful actually on the opposite side. And then Russell Wilson just doesn't do anything that inspires confidence in you. If you're trying to say that the Broncos offense can do anything, if it truly feels like Sean Payton is doing one of the best jobs possible and babying and just disguising every deficiency that his quarterback has and just getting and squeezing the productivity out of him. Like it is maximize the output as best as we possibly can. And what does that do? it gets you a mid-tier quarterback play. Like, it's the thing that Russell Wilson did so good in Seattle that he has not been able to do at all since going to Denver is extend plays, make magic happen on those extensions of plays. That just doesn't happen for Denver anymore. And even in this season where things have been a little bit better for them, it still feels like he doesn't have that capability. So Sean Payton needs to put out a masterclass of offensive kind of disguise with his deficiencies to get the best you can out of him. And then like their backfield doesn't do anything that I think they can exploit the issues in the run defending game for the bills. I, I just don't really see anything with the Broncos offense that makes me go, Oh, that could become a massive issue even for this injury riddled bills defense. Michael Mayer with a touchdown pass <laughs> on the jets head. And Boom. we both know somebody that picked Michael Mayer and we were Unreal. laughing about it, but we won't get into that right now, but that I'm happy to see that. I want the jets to lose. Um, all right. So I agree with you. I think this Broncos offense is functional. I think they're decent. I think in a lot of ways, their numbers look better statistically because they've been playing from such a negative game script with how bad their defense was early in the year. I will say Broncos defensively have kind of steadied the ship in recent weeks. And 
a lot of it goes back to that Chiefs game in Denver where they won 24 to 9 and that really is the high water mark for them. The Broncos are on a two game winning streak by the way. If it, for those that don't know, they had a bye week last week and then week 7 they beat the Packers 19 to 17 in Denver and then they also in Denver beat the Chiefs 24 to 9. I will tell you a lot of the all 22 guys look at that Chiefs game and they cannot figure out what the heck happened to Mahomes because it wasn't like it was great coverage or great scheme by the Broncos. It was just legitimately Patrick Mahomes having a terrible game. And I know there are some reports out there that he was dealing with some flu or he was sick under the weather. Who knows? But it's not like there weren't open players or plays to be made. That's that's basically what I'm trying to get out here is I don't think the Broncos have all of a sudden turned into the Von Miller DeMarcus Ware Broncos. But they are on a two-game winning streak. And defensively, the last two games, they have held actually the last three games because in Arrowhead, they beat the, they lost to the Chiefs 19 to 8. So the last three games, they have held their opponents to 19, 19, and 9. Do you think there is some improvement by this defense here? I think this defense is nowhere near as bad as the 70 points they gave up to the Dolphins. That's always going to skew their skew their stats, excuse me. But I think at the end of the day, you're looking at a team that has a below-average offense and a below-average-to-average defense. Um, I think this defense against is the kind of team that if the Bills are back, they probably need to be able to, to manhandle tonight. Where are you at with this Broncos defense? How much of a threat are they? Who scares you on that side of the ball? I mean, the two players that I always just think about with the Broncos defense is I don't care what their statistics are, what their analytics say. Justin Simmons and Patrick Sertain are ballers. Mm -hmm. They're absolute ballers in the secondary for them. Um, they do have a slot corner McMillan that's been playing really well for them too this season. Um, but a lot of the things that the Broncos have been able to do well is in the secondary. And on the surface, some might feel like that's a problem for the Bills, but I feel like they have absolutely zero people inside the box, inside their front seven, that can really create problems for the Bills. and, and you know, just really just enforce issues with Josh Allen and, and create problems in the run game and stuff like that. Like, I just think they all kind of fill their holes and fill their needs and just do their job. And that's not good enough when you're playing against a Josh Allen. So the secondary can only hold on for so long until eventually time goes and things break through. And maybe Simmons has to squat up a little bit to defend the run, the, his own right. And that does open things up over top and stuff of that nature, because you have a lot more one-on-one -on -one matchups with your digs, your Davis, your Shakir Hardy, whatever weapons you're utilizing. I think, you know, your Kincaid, of course, I don't think there's really a truly a Kincaid stopper. Um, with this defense, I think Simmons can be a guy that stops a Kincaid, but at the end of the day, like I don't look at Kincaid as someone yet. That's quite like the Travis Kelsey where there's everything and anything, and they're really using him down the field. So you're still going to be able to get the ball to his hands quickly underneath Simmons, where then you're just trying to get him to get you, you know, essentially you're getting him to turn and beat Simmons. That just seems to be how they use Kincaid right now. And that is something where there's no true like cover guy for that. It's just, you know, you're you're essentially just getting him the ball as quick as possible before he can hopefully do something off of it. But I, I don't know. This defense doesn't really strike fear in me anywhere specifically. And then on top of it, it's just like where their strengths are. 
I think the Bills easily can overcome it because they just have a a good enough numbers game wise when it comes to weapons. They're not a ton of high end weapons, but a good enough numbers game weapons wise that as long as Josh Allen can extend plays because they don't have that elite pass rush or whatever it is, eventually the openings will be there. Eventually Allen will be able to find whoever he needs to and things will be okay on the offensive side. I just don't see that defensive team. I will say I'm with you too when it comes to the point of they are not the 70 point you know, given up defense. I think it's a little bit of an anomaly of what they've given up recent, but at the same time that it feels like right in that middle ground where this is a team that the Bills should be able to put 28 points up against is absolutely within the realm of doable. Like that should be the outcome 30 or 28 plus points. That is what the Bills offense should absolutely be able to do without too much resistance. So you mentioned Dalton Kincaid. He is one of my keys for this game for the Buffalo Bills because he had a very good game last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm pulling up the stats now because I want to make sure I get it accurate. Since Dawson Knox has been out, Dalton Kincaid went for five for 65 against the Buccaneers and a touchdown. And then he had 11, or 11 targets, 10 receptions and 81 yards against the Bengals last week. And why am I bringing that up? It's because what you mentioned about the Broncos, they don't have a tight end stopper. They have given up the most yards in the entire NFL to tight ends. And I know you're going to say, well, not you, but I mean you out there listening. Well, that's got to be skewed. They played the Chiefs twice. And yes, anytime you go against Travis Kelsey, you're going to you're going to feel the impact of the tight end more than most. But I will say Travis Kelsey in two games against the Broncos has 182 yards and no touchdowns. And while that's pretty good, that's not the Travis Kelsey 170 yard blow up game we've seen him have like against the Chargers. So it's not like it's skewing the numbers in that regard from a fantasy standpoint and from a realistic standpoint, there are yards to be gained out there against the Broncos. I would expect them to make the bills beat them left-handed. I would expect them to do everything they can to take away Stefan Diggs. And I do think Dalton Kincaid is going to be the second target in this offense going forward. So I'm with you. I think Dalton Kincaid has a real chance to show up tomorrow night in a big way. What about this Bills running game, Luca? I feel like it's been quiet recently. We have seen Josh Allen run more, which has been nice. We saw the last two weeks against Tampa Bay and against Cincinnati. There were more designed runs. We saw Josh Allen be a little bit more aggressive. We know the Bills went out and signed Leonard Fournette. He's on the practice squad. It sounds like he's probably still a couple weeks away from being part of the game plan. Um, early on in the year, it sure looked like the Bills had something going with James Cook and Latavius Murray. I, it feels like it's cooled off a little bit in recent weeks. Where are you at with the Bills running game as far as like James Cook, Latavius Murray, not necessarily Josh Allen, but if you want to include what you think Josh Allen's running could open up for those guys, fine. And how do you think it's going to fare this week against the Broncos? Um, I think it'll fare okay. I, I just do question just a commitment that the bills have to the run game anymore. I, I just don't see anything. I haven't seen anything where I go. Yeah. The bills are committed to still try to make the run game work. It just feels like something that's secondary to them overall. I, I just, I think there is opportunity to be had in this game, particularly in the run game. I think you can absolutely chew the Broncos alive on the ground. I just question more. So, is that the what the Bills want to do? I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. I feel like this offense will always run through Josh Allen first. And on top of it all, 
it's just even in the run game, it's just a compliment to what they ultimately want to do with Josh Allen. It's secondary. It's just an afterthought. It's almost a going through the motions kind of thing with this team, which is really upsetting in a way because early in the season when we saw the Bills at their peak, at their height, it really felt like the run game was truly not just that. Like it was truly there. It was something to be had. And James Cook was having a great stretch of games and kind of carries and what was going on. Like everything was working out so well in this kind of department. It, it just all of a sudden, though, Jags game, uh, Giants game, all of these other games after that kind of early season stretch, it's just a compliment. It's secondary. It's an afterthought. It's it's a throw in. It's not something that this offense and Dorsey and McDermott, I mean, McDermott maybe probably cares about it a little bit more, but just overall, it's not, it's not designed. It's not methodic. It's, it's just, it's, it's nothing. It's just, I I don't know what the word is that I'm trying to think of, but overall it's uninspiring. It's not something that I'm going to sit here and go, my key to the game is they're absolutely going to get James cook the ball 20 plus touches and make sure they establish a run game outside of Josh Allen because they can do so successfully. I think that is something that could be had. I just don't know how much the bills truly believe in actually making that happen. I would love to see something unforeseen happen. I don't mean like a, a double flea flicker. I mean, Let's see something we haven't seen from the Bills this year. Let's see, you know, kind of like in the Tampa game where we saw Gabe Davis actually catch the ball underneath and become like a PPR monster for one week. Let's see James Cook out of the backfield consistently. Let's see Deontay Hardy get used deep and get open deep. Let's see Khalil Shakir be a consistent weapon in this offense. Let's just see something we haven't seen be an X factor. Let's see Josh Allen run for 80 yards. I just want to see another club in this offensive bag because I think as good as they have been, they're going to need to show us more. All right, Luca, it's time to make a prediction on this game. The Bills are a seven-point favorite over the Denver Broncos. This game is in Orchard Park. It kicks off at 8-15 in Buffalo. The over-under is 47 and a half. The weather report for tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this, looks really nice. 44 degrees, um, clear Looks like maybe a little bit moderate wind, 10 miles an hour, 10% chance of rain, but all in all, a beautiful night for football. The Bills are five and four. They got to get this game to the win column, Luca. Let's predict this game. Will they get it done? And what will the score be? I do predict that the Bills will get this done. I think they get the win in this game. I think this is just the weather is nice for one. It's good football weather, Josh. It's yeah. really good football weather. Um it should hopefully not limit anything with Josh Allen and the offense. I do think Kincaid being the key to the game uh in both of our eyes should find a little bit of success. I think Josh Allen can find success overall. I'm hoping that his shoulders, you know, one week better at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Um and when it comes to the prediction and score and everything like that, I I do think I kind of hinted to it a little bit inadvertently, but this is a game where I think it's comfortable overall, but at the, you know, the final score, I think the bills end up winning. I'm going to go with 31 to 27. I, I think there's going to be something there where, you know, it's 31, 24, maybe it's even 31, 23. And then all of a sudden the Broncos kick a field goal to make it a one score game. And then just inadvertently do not get the onside kick in the game kneeled out from there and so, something of that nature. It feels like it feels like a game where the bills shouldn't cover. I don't think the, the bills deserve to have a seven point spread to be quite honest right now, 
I don't think the Bills cover at this point in time, but I do expect them to get a win in some comfort, comfort in some comfortable fashion um, where, yeah, I, I think they should be able to get a win. It feels like they might be able to right the ship a little bit in this game and maybe build a little bit of momentum going into next week against the Jets at home. The last time the Bills scored more than 30 points in a football game was October 1st, week four against the Miami Dolphins. The Bills scored 48 points on that day. Since then, 20 points against the Jaguars, 14 against the Giants, 25 against the Patriots, 24 against the Buccaneers, 18 against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that streak ends this week. I think the Bills do break 30. I think they are going to go more up-tempo. And I think, much like we saw in the Tampa Bay game, I think this is a, a week where the Bills are really going to try to let the world know or let themselves know that they're still good at this. And really, when you look at that Tampa Bay game, they probably should have scored some more points. There were some execution issues down the stretch in that game that cost them some points. I do think the Bills are going to find it offensively this game. I'm going to give them 34 points. I think they're going to win. I think the Broncos scored 20. The, the over-under is my play in this game. I think there is a real risk of the over uh, of the of the under because of how the Bills have tried to slow the games down. But um, I just have this hunch that the Bills are going to try to speed it up, lean into their defense. Always, always risky when you talk about the starters being down, giving up 20 points to the Broncos. I don't think will make a lot of people feel better about the defense. But hey, they're playing a lot of backups right now. Russell Wilson is, is playing at a decent level. I think they'll make some plays. Uh, but the Bills get a win. They score 34 points. I think we're all feeling just a little bit better. And hopefully the Jets end up losing this game to the Raiders and we can talk about the Bills and Jets next week. Luca, any final thoughts on this Bills-Broncos matchup? Anything from around the league stick out to you today? Anywhere else you want to go on this show before we get out of here? The Cardinals hat in me is really conflicted with what's going on. We talked a lot about that off the air. Um, it was fun to see Kyler Murray running again, running around like the little kid he looks like on an NFL field, but still the fastest guy on the field at the same time. Um the, the around the league was a lot of fun this mm -hmm. uh, this week. I will say like the Bengals Texans game, of course, the Lions Chargers game, incredible game to watch. Um, you had some awful games out there, too, naturally. I mean, San Fran showed basically the Fugazis that are the Jags. Um, the Saints are Fugazis as well for what it's worth. Um, I there's part of me and the final thought I'll just say in the because it's around the league talk. I think I, I think that we've we've talked about the bills enough where it's like. The one thing that I'm still trying to get my head around, Josh, and I don't know if I ever will, is how do the Steelers keep winning games? I just, I don't get it. Like, you watch them week after week after week, and it's like, how do the Steelers keep winning games? It's crazy that they are only one game back of the division lead, which, by the way, is not at all like a lot of people thought. Maybe one individual that's sitting on this podcast right now, Josh, that had a future on that team at this point in time, but. Overall, it is very, very interesting how the AFC North's breaking down. And some at some point in time, maybe eventually I will come around on the Steelers and give them respect. Probably not. Definitely won't. Absolutely not. Never will happen. But the league was great to watch, and hopefully the Bills finish it off with an absolute emphatic win tomorrow. Fun day in the NFL. Uh, the two division leaders in the AFC that played today, because Miami and Kansas City were off, both lost. At home, Baltimore losing at home to Cleveland, Jacksonville losing at home in a big way to San Francisco. Um, I, I think this AFC is going to be a wild ride to the finish, and the Bills need to win games like tomorrow 
um, tonight against the Broncos, whatever you want to call it, uh, to stay in that race because uh, there's a lot of teams in the AFC that are having up and down years. There aren't a lot of teams in the AFC that bring a quarterback like Josh Allen to the ring with them. And when Josh Allen shows up as your quarterback, when he's on his A game, he's a real tough quarterback to beat. So I think these Bills need to just keep finding ways to win, find ways to get healthy, and stay in this race as this uh, this Raiders-Jets game is coming down to a photo finish. And hopefully the Jets are a 4-5 and five team in next week. Speaking of next week, Luke and I will be back on Friday for Bills Chat Live. We will be breaking down the Bills-Jets game coming up on Sunday at 425. Hopefully we are talking about a 6-4 and four Buffalo Bills football team. Speaking of Bills Broncos, I will be live on the Built-in Buffalo Network at halftime for the Built-in Buffalo Halftime Show, and I'll be hopefully talking about a very fun first half for the Buffalo Bills, a productive first half, previewing the second half. And then Luca and I will obviously be back on Bills Chat Monday morning next week, breaking down the Bills and Jets game. Luca, next time we're on the air for Bills Chat, we'll have two more games in the books. I love when this happens. I do love this too. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. It'll be fun. It'll be very, very fun. I, I can say with full authority, and this is where I want to end the show because it's going to be hilarious to start the show next week like this. The next time we talk on Bill's Chat Podcast, not Bill's Chat Live, but Bill's Chat Podcast, we will have a very different opinion about these Buffalo Bills. <laughs> it'll yeah. either be very, very good. Well, it'll either be, okay, they did what they were supposed to do. Now bring on the heavyweights or it'll be, <sighs> tell me what that 12th pick in the draft is going to get us, Luca. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully that's not the case. The Raiders just fumbled the ball, so now the Jets have a chance to go down and, and find a way to another improbable Jets victory. We'll see what happens there. Luca and I will be back next week on Bill's Chat. For Luca, I am Josh McCarty. We will see you next time on Bill's Chat.